Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper time. Jesus said to them, did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone by the Lord has this been done and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the fruits of the vineyard. Everybody wants kind of joy, happiness, peace to enjoy the fruits of their labor, but not everyone wants to endure the self-denial or put in the work to get that fruit, right? And it's curious, why is that, that the path to get what we want is clear, but we don't have the courage always to walk that path, right? Why is that? And I think the answer is because few of us uh, can handle or at least want to handle that interim state of transition, of discomfort, of waiting, right? That learn to wait to receive the fruit is a skill that we have to form to trust in fulfillment when you don't feel or see the fulfillment. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So in today's first reading, Isaiah describes the misuse and abuse of the people of Israel by their leaders of being like vines, well-planted and well-cared for initially, ripe for care and cultivation, but left unattended and only produce wild, bitter grapes that serve for nothing. Now, vineyards evoked the image of careful cultivation. Anyone who's been to Italy or France and drive through the mountain, you see those beautiful lines of vines. It bespeaks like order and care and cultivation, right? It's, it's not wild. It, it's like, wow, somebody's really taking care of that. And the Lord had prepared Israel like that fine vineyard and Israel leaders like vinters with everything at their disposal, a tower to be able to keep an eye and protect the space and, and a press in order to make wine out of the fruits. He had set it up with everything it needed to be, to excel, right? But the Lord received instead wild grapes, grapes with no cultivation left to grow and die by chance, depending on the weather and other conditions. And 
just weren't good grapes. If anything good grew at all, it was not thanks to the vintner's care. What grew in such an unfavorable situation was really only random. The leaders of Israel were expected to cultivate justice and peace and care for and lead worship and return back to God all of his investment in them. But perhaps that was too hard a work. They didn't want to put in the work or obey or manage or sacrifice to give God back what he deserved. They wanted to keep all the fruits for themselves and in the end, there was nothing for themselves or for God. In today's second reading, St. Paul teaches that the peace of God and the shelter of our hearts and minds in Christ depends on our attitude and response to his love and care. Envy and greed can lead us to inaction, but anxiety can also have the same effect, right? Anxiety about the future, not knowing the outcome or where to turn, or even if we do pick a path, if it will be the right one. I was talking recently with somebody dealing with, with a serious bout of anxiety, and as we talked, it became evident the source of it was the unknown of the future, and that paralyze and freeze, and then to cope. How do you handle that unknown, right? Produces anxiety. St. Paul counsels us in those moments to ask God for what we need, and in the spirit of gratitude, focus on what the Lord has already done and to enjoy the fruits we already have while we wait for the reward of certain sacrifices, of certain unknowns to be revealed. Our Lord's promised us that the Heavenly Father knows what we need even before we ask it, right? So there's no need to worry or to be anxious. If we occupy ourselves with that litany of virtues that St. Paul points to of truth and honor and justice and purity and love, whatever is true and good and beautiful, think about these things. Right? Anyone battling anxiety, that's often the advice. Get your mind off of that, but focus on the things that do give joy, peace, all of that beautiful stuff, all that God has already done, all the, your blessings that you already do have, focus there. Right? In today's gospel, our Lord invites us to imagine a group of men given the opportunity of a lifetime, really, both professionally and personally. Not only did they have a good place to live, but a great way of making a living. Imagine a business, excellent location, abundant clientele, great lease, the job of making a lot of people happy, like running a vineyard and producing wine. If that weren't enough, the men running the business also have a beautiful place to live and a great landlord who gives them freedom to manage it, right? And only comes at the end, right? An outside observer would say professionally and personally, the owner has been very kind to his tenants, has set them up for success, and even beyond that, only expects what injustice he deserves. All he asks is a share in the fruits, share in the joy, of what these tenants have been able to produce with what he set them up with. This is where the mystery of sin enters into the story, that ultimately, following really no logic, but its own twisted logic, that bends everything around and denies greater truth eventually at its own expense. The tenants start beating up the people coming to collect the owner's fair share, right? and then sending them back empty-handed. There's no remorse, 
and gradually they start killing the larger groups that are sent to them. And eventually the owner, really showing a great deal of patience and kindness, sends his own son, sends his ultimate representatives, thinking that maybe that will lead to a more rational and just response. But in their twisted logic, rather than see, wow, this is the person that gave us everything that we're living off of, they see him as the heir, as a threat to themselves and react with violence and end up killing him. The chief priests, scribes, and elders pronounce judgment for Jesus. Jesus asked them about this theoretical case. What do you think will happen? Right? And they said, They're gonna, he's going to take it away from them and give it to someone more deserving. The parable of the wicked tenants in today's gospel is a way of teaching the Pharisees that they had fallen into a warped sense of entitlement over something that didn't belong to them, the, vin the vines, the people of God, that it was entrusted to them. So when the son comes on behalf of the true owner, they're going to reject him and kill him, thinking that somehow everything will return to normal. They'll get the inheritance which in the end is what they ultimately wanted for themselves. Our Lord today, though, through this parable, is prophesying the outcome of their covetousness and envy, and everything they thought was theirs will be taken away and given to those who will be worthy stewards of God's gifts. Now, of course, this is a quite dire story, right, and fairly negative, but it is negative in order to contrast and make evident the positive what is the right response needed, right? Anyone who rents knows that the basics of being on good terms with your landlord is pay the rent in full, on time, don't be a nuisance to your neighbors, and keep the place clean, right? My parents and my sister both are uh, landlords and rent out, and that's really all they want, right? That's what they hope for, please. There's no problems this week, I just wanna collect. Once you have a nice place to live, I'll maintain it. You have a great, it's a win-win, right? It's so simple. The alternative is late fees, eviction, forcibly or otherwise, lawsuits, etc. The landlord in today's gospel is incredibly patient with his ten tenants, and that shows something deeper is going on. He cares about his tenants. He gives them multiple opportunities. He goes above and beyond what is just. He gives them innumerable chances until he can give them really no more when they leave him no other option. Our life then, and let's look at the application. Our life and all the gifts that we have are that vineyard. Our soul, our families, our life, right? God's given us all that to enjoy. The key to enjoying is giving him his due, his glory, obedience of faith, gratitude, right? Loving our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow landowners who have also been equally blessed, right? Being selfish and rebellious landowner only ruins what joy we could have long-term, right? That we could even sustain and then multiply. Our joy shrivels up on the vine when we cut ourselves off from the source of rain and pruning, and the one who cares for the vine, God himself. And in fact, that's what St. Paul pleads for. Whatever is beautiful, whatever is just, whatever is honorable, that 
that's the kind of stuff to cultivate and hold on to and think about. Those are the things that give glory to God and return peace on what he's given. So the invitation, brothers and sisters, is then think about these things. Set your heart on those things. Anything that's good, anything that's beautiful, lovely, pure, gracious, if there's anything excellent, right? Anything worthy of praise, invest in those things. Think about those things, right? When your heart is tempted, it's like, is this worth my time and energy as a Christian? Is this worth, is this respond to my dignity? Simple question. <laughs> is this honorable? Is it pure? Is it just? Is it lovely? Is it gracious? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? If it is, invest in it. Give your time to it. Love it. Embrace it. Multiply it. If it's not, leave it aside. Move on. Don't give it attention. Don't embrace it. Don't think about it. Don't waste your time with it. And what's the final line? Then the God of peace will be with you. Because he's sending you these things. And if you embrace them, you get the fruits of it. Peace. The devil sends them and you say, no, thank you. Then you get the fruit. Peace. If you embrace them and let them multiply, you'll receive the fruits of those things as well which is anything but peace. So with this Mass, let's pray for that grace. Pray for that clarity of mind to see and that strength of will to embrace and love all that is good. Amen.